good spirit of worship here. Following up on our Sunday night service with the baptismal, that was so nice and it was so good to see. God bless you. Welcome here. Middle of the week, get to be gathered together. Anyway, we're not going to take a lot of time, but I think we're going to go straight to the Word. So thank you to the musicians. Just want to make mention as you turn to the book of Acts chapter 1. Just want to make mention this weekend our brother Andrew Dodd will be traveling to Grand Prairie. He'll be ministering there. I believe Brother Darren is away. So, Brother Andrew, let's pray for him, that he'll be a blessing, and that God will use him. And uh, we're thankful for all the brethren, the different churches, and the different places. We're going to go directly to Acts chapter 1. I want to just pick up from verse 6. Let's just go directly to reading from the Bible here. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. If we read the next verse also, But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Now, he's standing there and they're at a, at a brink, they're at a, at a line, and they haven't crossed that line yet, but he's telling them it's coming. Now, they don't know when it's coming. And, in, and he says, you know, you'll receive power. You don't know the times. You don't know the seasons. And a part of that was going to be fulfilled in a few days from thence. But there was going to be parts that were going to carry right to the end of the Gentile dispensation. Acts chapter 3, verse 19. Acts chapter 3, verse 19. This is Peter now speaking. Repent you therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of his of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you. And he begins to make this sort of declaration. Whom the heavens must receive until the times of restitution of all things, 
which God has spoken by the mouth of all of his holy prophets since the world began. So he, he summarizes a period of time here. And then he speaks directly to the time they're at. Verse 22, For Moses truly said unto, your, unto the fathers, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren like unto me. Him shall you hear in all things whatsoever he shall say to you. Now that's a prophecy of Jesus Christ, but it could have a further implication to the prophet that God would yet send. And it said, it shall come to pass that every soul which will not hear that prophet shall be destroyed from among the people. Let's just bow our heads in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we're gathered in tonight to learn of you, to learn of your nature, to be, Lord, ready for the hour that we live in. Lord, we want to come and we want to humble ourselves before you, Lord. There's not one of us that would be worthy to stand before you were it not for the blood of Jesus. Father, we ask you'd look through, look through the blood tonight. Lord, that your grace would be upon us even in this wicked hour that we live in. Lord, bless us as we're gathered together, as we sit at your feet. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may have your seats. I want to build my thoughts, and tonight maybe more, just go through some scriptures, a little bit of a Bible study. Uh, there was something I, I ministered here a little bit at Brother Kelly's, and it got me going in a train of thought, and I need to back up a step or two, and I want to be able to do that. So it's more of just going through the scriptures, maybe more just a time where we just go through it to identify things, not so much preaching, but if preaching happens, let it happen. So that'll depend on you a little bit. So, amen. So I want to also go to the book of Acts, chapter 17. Now, I want to speak today on ordained times and seasons. And I'm going to take it, you know, out of Acts chapter 1, you know, where Jesus said it's not up to you to know the times and the seasons. But let's just go to Acts 17, verses 23, reading on down. Now, Paul had passed by Mars Hill, and then he says this in verse 23, For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore you ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you. Now, there was something in their hearts. They wanted to worship God, but Paul comes with an authority, and he says, I'll declare him unto you. Why, I'm a portion of eternal life for the age that I'm living in. And I, we have every right to say the same thing. Now he says this, he goes on to say, God that made the world and all the things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worshipped with men's hands as though he needeth anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. And he hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth." And he comes down to this. This will tie in with where we're going. And he has determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. And that they should seek after the Lord if happily they might feel after him and find him though he be not far from every one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being as certain also of your own poets have said, we are also his offspring. We'll stop the reading there. So I, I need to maybe identify some boundaries or some borders, if I would call it. Uh, it's important to know where we are in the economy of God. And I, I will highlight this to you maybe as just as a geography part, and I'll just bring it right to this day. Brother Branham was in preaching in a message in Paradox. He was awakened at 3 in the morning. This was in 1961. I had gotten up, standing before me, in front of me, I was coming down to Jordan. It looked like it was, I was standing on the map of Palestine. And I was coming down to Jordan. And it seemed like I could hear the song, I'm going down to Jordan. Someone was singing it. And as I drew near the river... 
I looked back and seen the way I had come, and I was two-thirds of the way there to Jordan. And as I looked across Jordan, I said, oh, praise God, just on the other side is where all the promises lay. Every promise lays in the, in, in, in the promised land. Now, if I can bring it just in a quick nutshell summary, there was a first pull, there was a second pull, there was a third pull. The first pull was not complete in itself. Neither was the second. But it was a word of promise that in the, once you cross Jordan, once you cross that place, that's where all the promises lay. So when you crossed it, you would know by types in the Scripture, by what God was revealing to the prophet, that this is where I have a right to claim things. You could have a faith that you could not have in first pull. You could have a faith you couldn't have in second pull. So it's important to recognize God has to help us cross these borders. Brother Branham couldn't even cross them himself. He had to, by faith, take what God was leading him into. The, the first pull, which was a sign in the flesh, was a sign that God had given to him. He had to have faith that when he saw that, it identified the issue that was in the person in front of him. When he came to second pull, he had to take it by faith, likewise the third pull. Okay, we'll just be, keep moving on. So that's geography, but now also it is the times that are ordained of God. And knowing the times, we can act accordingly with faith and confidence. Now, if I would just take this, uh, Matthew chapter 24... I'm going to use a few scriptures. Jesus would refer to, to this, and he would say in, in Matthew 24, verse 1, um, if I could just read that, and Jesus went out, departed from the temple. His disciples came to him to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See you not all these things? Verily I say unto you, there shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? Three questions. And what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? So three questions were asked. I, I think we all want to know where we're living. Where are we at in time? Where do, where do we sit in the economy of God? A prophet has come. Elijah has come. Prophecies are being fulfilled. Events are happening around the world. But where do we stand in the time and economy of God? God does not want us to be without wisdom, without knowledge, without faith in how we should conduct ourselves. But He wants us to know. So now, if you take that, and Brother Branham would refer to it, I, I'm going to just read a little bit out of a quotation in Questions and Answers in 1964. He would just talk about it. I'm not going to get into dissecting these questions, but he would say, Pray that your flight be not in the wintertime. Judea was snowdown, snowbound, see, around Christmas. And he said he prayed that. And he said, Now Titus came in there on a Friday afternoon. They was going to be besieged in there for the Sabbath because the doors were closed on the Sabbath. There's no coming and going out on the Sabbath day. Now what happened? Jesus said, Woe unto them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days. Now, see, there was those that were trapped inside. There was those that were fleeing and running. According to history, there wasn't one of them that believed in Jesus and the word that was sent them that was watching for what to happen. And they escaped. So, so when Jesus gives us, he's giving us a way of escape. He wants us to move with him. Now they were warned by their shepherd and they were watching for the hour to come and when they heard Titus was coming, they took off, they ran for their lives, they got out of the city. So let's go 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 
Are you good with this today? I just want to just go through the Word a little bit here. We're talk, coming down to where, where we are. Paul would say, by the way of the Spirit, he says, But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. And when they shall say, peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Now, it's going to come in a way to the world that is as a thief in the night. But I don't believe that the believers need to be in that position. But on the other hand, we need to be prayed up. We need to be watching. We need to be waiting. I'm always looking. I'm always, you know, I, I scan the news a little bit. You know, there, if, you, if you look what happened in Afghanistan here, it's happened very quickly. It's happened very, very quickly. And, and behind it, 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 now they're saying Russia had already made ties before this had ever happened with the Taliban, with all these things. There's quotations in, in the message for that. Brother Brown says, you watch when Russia comes down for the oil. They've always got an interest in the Middle East. All of the events of the world, the world economy, you watch why things have happened and all of the, 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 the nations that they've doled out money. And, and if you look at it, Rome is awfully quiet with a lot of these dealings, but they're secretly benefactors. Now, just because what we see on the surface, there's a lot more under the surface. Now, don't go and try and figure it all out. Just stay in the Word. Stay with what God has given us. And He will see you through. So He says now, verse 5, You are all children of the light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. Therefore let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. So, that's for us in this last day. Now, I'm, I'm going to go into a thought here a little bit, and I'm going to use a word called dispensation. But I'm, I'm going to just ease into it a little bit, and I want you just to look, because the Bible would talk in, the, in Hebrews about Jesus in the days of his flesh. Okay, so it says, who in the days of his flesh with strong crying. So, in other words, Jesus had days when he wasn't in the flesh. He was manifest as Jesus, but these were the days that he, he had come to. Now, let's, let's jump to, back to Matthew chapter 20, Matthew chapter 20, because even when Jesus was in the flesh, he, he, he worked according to the dispensation or the time frame or where he was where eternal life was in a vessel at that time. So in, in, in Matthew chapter 20, well, let's just pick this up from verse, uh, well, let's read verse 20. Then came to him the mother of Zebedee's children with her sons, worshiping him and desiring a certain thing of him. And he said, what wilt thou? And she said unto him, Grant that these my two sons may sit, the one on the right hand and the other on the left, in thy kingdom. Now look at the answer. But Jesus said, answered and said, You don't even know what you're asking. Are you able to drink of the cup that I drink of, to be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized? And they said, We are able. And now he, said to, he says to them, You shall indeed drink of my cup. You shall be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with, which was the Holy Ghost. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give. Now, he couldn't give it in the time frame of where he was. But it shall be given to them of whom it was prepared of my Father. So Jesus worked within the boundaries of what God was dealing with in a given time. 
So if you, and you can find the answer to that in, in Revelation 3, verse 21. He said, it shall be granted to the overcomer in the last age to sit with me in my throne. So it, it, it was a future event that was coming, and we're in that age. Now, there was going to be the, the 12 apostles and the 12 disciples. They were all going to have their place. They're going to be the 24 elders. But still, it was in an appropriate time and season. Now, let's, let's go also, if you will, to John chapter 12. John chapter 12. And again, this is Jesus. When he's on earth, he's asked a question. And his answer is, is interesting when, when you look at it this way. So he says this in verse 20. And there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. And the same therefore came to Philip, which was of Bethsaida of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sirs, we would see Jesus. And after that, a clock was formed and put on the back wall of this church. <laughs> and it's right there, and we can see it. Yeah, that was just a little insert. Philip cometh and telleth Andrew, and Andrew and Philip tell Jesus. And so Jesus gets to think, we want to see Jesus. Now, these are Greeks. And God at that moment is dealing with the Jews. And that's who he was sent to. But they're Greeks. And so Jesus, he answered him, and he says, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily I say unto you, you want to see Jesus? Don't look here. In other words, here's where you should be looking. And he says, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. So this temple that you see, it's going to go in the ground. But it's not for the purpose of myself. And he says, now it abideth alone, but if it die, it will bring forth much fruit. And he that loveth his life shall lose it. He that hateth his life in this world shall keep it into life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. So he's pointing to something. Now, I don't know if it was Brother Moses who, who took this just in a recent service on Sunday, but I don't know if the thought was, about the word of promise, how, how God has a, a word of promise. That's actually in the Bible. If you look in the message and put those words together, Brother Branham refers to it over 50 times, the word of promise, or God's allotted word to a word of an age. So when God sends a word out, it's with the thought of pulling us into something. It sets in us first, okay, he said that, I hear it, but it's to give us a hope or an expectation or a looking to something, a moving. And whatever you look to, you begin to move to. And so a word of promise, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. The more you hear it, the more you look at it, the more you're conditioned, the more you're drawn to it, the more you walk in it. And in this whole world, you, I will say, we need to be conditioned to blank out a lot of noise, to blank out a lot of opinions, and to focus in on the Word of God, because that alone has life in it. That alone will lead us in the way of life eternal. Now, I'm not saying don't listen to the news, don't, don't read, but I'll say this, keep your influence from the Word of God primarily. And I'll say, even around this precious truth, there's a lot of voices. But I think we need to listen to the voice of God. My sheep know my voice. My sheep, they hear me. They're, he's the good shepherd. I will lead them. I will let none pluck them from me. So the word of promise. Now, I'm, I'm going to read this from Romans chapter 9. So I said I'd use scriptures, and I'm going to stay true to that promise, Romans chapter 9. Now, Paul 
is speaking here from verses 1 to 5. Now, Paul was the first messenger to the age. He was a unique man because he, he, uh, he was a Roman, but yet he had a Jewish background, and, and yet he had Gentile background, and he was to be called a messenger to the Gentiles when the Holy Spirit spoke to him. And Peter was given, it actually is almost divided up, Peter was given the gospel of circumcision, and Paul was given the other. But yet, the messenger to the age was Paul. So Paul is now, he's, he's looking where he came from. He recognizes what happened, how the Jews crucified Jesus. And he, he begins to speak in verses 1 to 5 about how he has heaviness in his heart for his brethren. And he says, verse 4, they're the Israelites. They have the adoption, the glory, the covenants, and all of these things, and, and, and such. Now, just, just move down to verse 6 with me. Not as though the word of God had taken none effect, for they are not all Israel which are of Israel. Just because you're of a Jewish background and you have the circumcision, that doesn't mean you're a partaker of the covenant automatically. And he says, neither because they are the seed of Abraham, natural seed, are they children. But in Isaac, the son, shall thy seed be called. That is, they which are the children of flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted for the, for the seed. So he's identifying a word of promise, and he drops right into it in verse 9. For this is the word of promise. So God has promised a word to every age. Jesus came, and, and, and the Jews were so steeped in their religion, we have Moses. We stand behind Moses. We're comfortable with Moses. Not knowing that the God of Moses that met Moses was right in front of them. Not knowing that the promises that Moses said, I, God will raise up a prophet like unto me, was right in front of them. Because they'd put boundaries on God, they couldn't see God. As God moved forward. Are you with me? Okay. Now, I'm going to move into this thought a little bit of dispensation. Brother Branham would say, I am not a dispensationalist. And if you want to take the root word of dispensation, and dispensation is a period of time in which God deals with a particular truth. So the root word of that is dispense. Give out. Dispense. Give out a particular uh, truth within a time reference. In the time of, of Noah, God was going to deal with the first act. The world didn't know it, but it was going to be the justification of the earth. The redemption of the earth was going to start by a baptism of water over the earth. And so it was a period of time, it had never rained, and Noah came with a message, and he said, it's going to rain. Now, I want you to catch something. It was a message that was there, but there was also Enoch that was not seen, who had gone before Noah, who actually had crossed something that the world couldn't even see. But here was Noah, and it was God dealing in a certain way, so you couldn't come to God and say, I want the Spirit, because the, that hadn't come yet. This was still in the time when the anointing, the cherubims were keeping us away, or keeping the people of God away from the Holy of Holies. But yet God was moving towards that. So a dispensing, a giving out of a particular truth in a period of time is a dispensation. God dealing within this bracket, dealing within this time frame, you can't step outside of it. So, so if you want to take it this way, we are presently in the Gentile dispensation. This is when 
when, when, when Israel turned from God, the door to the Gentiles was opened. But that door is closing. And God is going to go back to the Jews. So the dispensation of the Gentiles is coming to an end. And I will say it. When the last one comes in, there'll be not another Gentile saved. And I would say, while it's here, we ought to make much of the open door that God has for it. Because God has a way of doing things. He puts boundaries. He puts times. He puts seasons. And we have to respect that. Now, so I, I'll, I'll read it here a little bit. And, and, and uh, he says this in the first seal. He says, God does not deal with the Jew and the Gentile at the same time. He deals with Israel as a nation, the Gentiles as an individual. He, he, had, he never taken the Gentiles for his bride. He has taken a people out of the Gentiles. Now he deals with Israel as a nation, and there she sits there right now as a nation. Now, I'm going to drop this in a little bit because... It's not all black and white. There's, there's, there is, many times, there's an overlap. And sometimes you live right at that time when there's a turning. That's when you need God to guide you through. Now, Brother Branham would, would deal with it in a very obvious way in first to second pull. Then from second to third, it was not as obvious and, and, and if you, you watch the way Brother Branham talks, now, I always marveled at this scripture. When Jesus would come down, there'd be a great act, and he'd say, tell the vision to no man. Now, you find out sometimes they listened, and other times they, they immediately got on, you know, this, the spirit of, of social media and gossip was alive in that time too. Because they, they would immediately go and tell someone, and someone told someone. But Jesus said, don't do that. And he even told Brother Branham, don't tell how I'm dealing with you in the tent vision. Because impersonations arise. Now it was sacred, the third pull. And I'm saying this all for a reason. Because that's where we're moving into. Brother, and, and we are in it. And we're moving in it. But God's leading us further. Now in Unveiling of God, Brother Branham says this. Those of you who take the tapes and listen... I hope and trust that you have a spiritual understanding of what God has been trying to get over to the church without saying it right out. Okay? See, it's a thing sometimes we have to say things in such a way that it might thin down. Wow. That's a lot different than the age of Hollywood evangelism. No. He says, it might bring some to go out, some to leave, and some to ponder over, but that's done purposely. It must be done that way. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to prepare for Sunday. I spoke this last week on the responding creation, but I want to speak on the responding seed on Sunday, the Lord willing. And someone might say, you mean God does this purposely to do a thing like that? He certainly did. He does yet. Now, so, not everybody catches it. Not everybody. A lot of people have natural hearing. But there's a few that go deeper than that. That watch and observe and listen and try to catch the way of the Spirit, the nature of God, the character of God. There's been a lot of times, God, my mind hasn't been able to comprehend something. Maybe, you know, a, a ministry comes, a doctrine comes, and, and it's wonderful and everybody's attracted by it. But I'll tell you what's kept me a lot of times is to watch the nature of something. Watch the Spirit behind it. If it exalts itself, if it puts limits around it, I'll tell you what, that's not of God. That's not the nature of God. And I tell you, if, if the more you stay, Brother Adam would say, stay simple. 
Stay humble. If God has anything for you, He'll reveal it to you. You don't need to chase it. You don't need to go way over there. You just hunger and thirst for God and follow Him. He'll bring it to you. If they say to you, it's in this camp, or it's in that camp, or it's in there, you don't have to listen to that. That's a sign of false Christ in the last day. It's not my message today. Now, the whole, you know, we are leaving denominational age. The last age, there'll be no more. This message, Brother Brown said, will not denominate. We are going into something called the Bride Age. God dealing with a people in a different way than He's dealt with them in the past. So it's so easy for man, any man, myself included, yourself or you know, anybody, to say, God came to me, this was real, it was a truth revealed to me, and then say, God is in it, that's as far as I need to go. And the minute we do that, we seal God out. That's the, and, and, and every denomination's that way. God deals with a particular truth, comes to a certain time, and all of a sudden, yes, it's wonderful. Let's preserve this. And the minute they preserve this, God moves on, and they're stuck behind. Now, we, we can slam denominations and do all of that, but that can be us if we stay in our ideological boxes, I, I say, Lord, let me see you as you are moving. He's unfolding himself. Now, let's, let's go to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. And let's pick this up now from verse 24. Now this is Paul speaking. He's just talking about the head of the church, the center of Christ, everything. But he says now in verse 24, But now rejoice in my sufferings for you, and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. Now Paul is recognizing himself in this thing, but he's recognizing he's playing out a particular part. I'm not everything. And, and the quicker we can realize, you know, like Brother Branham himself, you know, people want to hide behind the truth of God sent a prophet. And all, let's, let's listen to tapes only. There's no more ministry. Well, pardon me, I, I, I don't quite get that because... I can go through quote after quote. Brother Bam says, here, there's a, there's a tremendous teaching on this. Maybe some young minister will pick it up and run with it. Okay, what do you do when you come to that quote? You know, what do you do when he says, gather yourselves together, listen to the preacher preach, listen to these things. You be careful. Like, yes, that is a truth. Doesn't mean there's faults. Yes, there's faults. But it doesn't take away from the truth. So just to say, I'll hide behind this. God wants us to move as He is moving. I, I, I may take some time to get this across, but I, I just want to be able to, to do this properly. So now he says, Paul says, Whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you. This isn't about me. It's for you to fulfill the word of God. Paul says, even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. Now, Paul was living at a time when at Calvary the, the veil was rent. And when the veil was rent, they tried to sew it up, but it was rent from top to bottom. God saying, the law is over. The anointing of those cherubims to keep you from the truth is over. And a way has been opened, and there's a new anointing to move into the promises of God. It's time for the shadows and the types to be fulfilled. So Paul is catching that. And he's saying, I've been made a the mystery that's been hidden 
to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is not an intellectual thing, but it's Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach, warning every man, teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus, whereof, whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. Paul saying there's something happening in me. Now, Paul didn't say, make sure you get my books. <laughs> no, catch the life that is here. You know, he didn't... Uh, we're living in a, in a time when God is making truths known that have been hid. And then along comes a man and says... It's about the thunders, and this is where it's at. I'll, I'll tell you what, let God interpret his own word. It's not what box we put on him. I, I, I my, oh my, I, I'm going to read this just for a moment. This is from the Smyrna Church Age. Church Age book is a wonderful book. He says, now I want to talk to you about the glories of this movement. They will come and say, yes, sir, I know there's a move that no one started. It came spontaneously. The Spirit fell all over the world. Yes, sir, we, we got what they had at Pentecost. That was not of men, but of God. Then why didn't they keep it that way? If God started it, how come God can't keep it and finish it? If God didn't write a handbook of creeds and formulas and dogmas, then what right do we have to do that? God poured out his spirit. He says, Baptists, Methodists, Nazarenes, all over. All these brethren were brought up on different doctrines, bylaws, church manuals. God swept it all to the side. And he says, he destroyed their dispensational theories. He restored the gifts of the spirit, proving he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But did those Pentecostals learn their lesson about organization? No, sir. They organized right back. They have their own written textbooks, bylaws, church manuals, fellowship books, with one idea to mind is that they can prove they have all the truth, they know all the answers, and they're the elite of God. That spirit didn't stop in Pentecost. That spirit happens even around this precious move. And he says, but they haven't got it. They've hybridized themselves. If they want to be in the bride, they're going to have to come out exactly as did their forefathers. Come out of her, my people, is what, what the cry is. Now, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Paul, the first messenger speaking here. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Okay, so he says here, verse 14. Even so the Lord has ordained that they should preach the, that which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. But I have used none of these things, neither have I written these things, that it may be so done to me, for it were better for me to die than that any man should make my glorying void. For though I preach the gospel, gospel, I have nothing to glory of. For necessity it is laid upon me. Woe unto me if I do, if I preach not the gospel." For if I do this willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will, a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me. Now Paul is recognizing God poured out something. He pulled me out of the miry clay. He did these things. He came in a vision. He did all of these things. And he's saying, that's real. And he's saying, it's not just for me, but I've been given a commission to give it to you. But he also talks about how he approaches it. It wasn't with, if you don't see this, you're out. Now, I, I need to back up for a step. I think God has been teaching us some maturity. I believe that there is no message. Now, do I believe you have to hear this message to be saved? No. But I believe you have to hear this message to make it in the rapture. 
Because there will be people that will go through the tribulation that will be saved. And I think we can also learn, we, we used to just cut everybody out. I think we've gone a little further. Because in the dispensation of the fullness of times, which, which I won't maybe fully get to today, but in that dispensation, when there's a lot of things happening, when God is calling a Gentile bride out for his namesake, he's already dealing with the Jews. He's already saying there's a people on the earth. Organization is not of God. But there are people in there that, that will not get the oil, that will give their lives in the tribulation. And there will be some in there that won't even do all of those things. They'll just be good to the bride. God is a good God. He is not cutting anybody out. But there is a bride, a special people. And I can't help but follow that. I can't put myself in the class of the Jews. I don't want to put myself in the class of the foolish virgins. Though there will be some even around the message that will fall into that. But while he's dealing with me, the bride on the earth, oh, let me come, Lord. I come to thee, O Lord. This is my season. This is my time. Hallelujah. Now, and I'm going to just use this as a type for a minute. The Bible talks about the root and offspring of David. Well, the root of David was what? The Spirit of Christ. What David lived out was the Spirit of Christ. What came out of David was Christ. Now, I'm not going to get into Son of David. But while David was being anointed and preparing to step into his role of king of Israel, who was attracted to him? Gentile warriors. Now, they had no part in the economy of God at that time, but they could see he was a king coming into power. Now, Brother Adam says it this way. David represented Christ. He was, Christ was the son of David. Now listen, those Gentile warriors, many of them, notice they come from everywhere, but they know that fugitive was anointed. They knew David was rejected by his own people, but they knew the anointing was in him. They could see. Now, that's amazing to me. Now you think, well, God's only dealing with Israel. You know, sometimes we let our theology get the best of us. Brother Bannon will say, the church disappears at the end of Revelations chapter 3, Revelations 4, come up higher, doesn't appear again till Revelations 19. Therefore, none of that matters to me. Hold on a second. No, no, no. A lot of things in there matter to us. A lot of things point to where we are in time. But we need to see... While God is dealing with this particular truth, it doesn't render the things outside of not of truth. But he's dealing with this, but there's a lot of things that are out beyond this. Oh God, increase our vision. The attitude you take to your co-worker at work, they may never receive the message, but they may see a life lived, and they'll say, that man had something. That woman had something. The person that was at school that you walked with, they had something. They may never darken a church door. And in fact, they may go into the tribulation, and by virtue of the life you lived, they may have faith to give their own life, and thus have a better resurrection. And there'll be even those who will come to the day of judgment. Like that woman when Brother Branham shot, uh, when he was shot and he was falling into hell and he came out of that and he didn't know how he was going to pay the hospital bill. And a woman, a Mrs. Raider as he calls her, a member of the Ku Klux Klan paid his hospital bill. Now on the day of judgment, God's going to look at that woman and say, you never... You never went to church. You are a member of this cult. You are a member of these things. And then, does anybody have anything to say? And here's Brother Branham. He says, she paid my hospital bill. She took care of me. And Brother Branham will come back and say, therefore, come into eternal life. You were good to my servant. 
Friends, the life we live is not just to ourselves, but it's to the world around us. And we need to let our light shine. We have a great responsibility. We've got to let the people know Christ is alive. What a glorious gospel. I want to speak on one day on just God is good. And draw a picture on how good he is. There'll be people that have never had the chance. And they'll pass from this earthly realm. But God will still give them a chance. Now that's, that sounds a little controversial. But in the millennium, they're actually going to get a chance. Okay, I'll leave that there. That's all I'm going to say today. <laughs> now, let, so let's just take this. Paul is saying, my, oh, my. Okay, I'll, I'll, let's follow this through. Verse 21 of, of chapter 9, verse Corinthians. To them that are without the law, as without the law, having not without the law to Christ, but under the law of Christ, he says, actually, verse 20, he says, He deals with those that are under the law according to the law, those without the law as without the law. And he says this in in verse 22, to the weak became I as weak that I might gain the weak. Now, isn't that a novel thought? Instead of, I'm in the message. No. Yeah, you're in the message, but why don't you condescend down to people at our level and say, hang on a second, I'm nothing you, this truth that I have, I can't help it. God gave it to me. But he says, you can live a little higher. You can do something. Not everybody's going to come to this truth. But you can have a light that actually helps people up. Listen, Jesus came to Nicodemus. He did all he could to persuade Nicodemus. Nicodemus never followed him completely. But listen, he went a ways. Thank God for that. Not everybody turns out to be a Judas. We can't judge those things. He says, to the weak I became as weak that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men that I might by all means save some. And this I do for the gospel's sake that I might be a partaker with you. Now, how's our time? Ephesians 3. Ephesians 3. Verse 1, for this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you, word, how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery, as I wrote afore in a few words, whereby you read that you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Now, Paul went even... God allowed him to go. He allowed him to study all those years, the Hebrew, the types. He was so zealous for it. But he knew there'd come a time when Paul would, would be smitten by a pillar of fire. And he went back into, into, for three years into Galatia. And he studied it all and say, I studied this. Christ is in there somewhere, somewhere. And he came back with one of the most profound books in the Bible, which is the book of Hebrews. And he says, all the types and the shadows, it is Christ. And, and, and he would actually have to tell the Galatians, you observe days and times, I fear for you. You're reverting back to something when there's a greater dispensation of grace that is open to you again. Uh, why should we try to box people in and say, except you see this doctrine within them, except you, let God deal with them, God will bring them to him. It's not, and it's not as simple as, except you come to our church. Sometimes we got this attitude, well, they go to some other church. Well, maybe God can deal better with them over there. And the minute they come to our church, they're suddenly believers. The minute they leave, they're not so good anymore. Let's, let's get rid of that attitude. God is God. He knows them that are His. So Paul, Paul would say, you understand, he said, now verse 5 which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of man, but now it's revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be made fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. Now, Paul was the first one that bridged that gap. Because Peter, who was raised up a Jew, who knew all of these things, had the liberty, 
But he had to work with the Jews. So while he was with the Gentiles, he had a lot of liberty. When he was with the Jews, he circumcised himself. He did all these things. So much so that Paul had to rebuke him. How are they going to move on with God if you keep reverting back? You've got to move forward. And Paul said, I withstood him in front of everybody. Now that may be what Peter needed. May not be what everybody needed. Paul also took aside Priscilla and Aquila privately. There's a, there's a time and a season for everything. So anyway, Paul, he, he was the first messenger and he had to say, I'm the least of the saints and that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Jesus Christ. Oh my. Okay, I need to... I need to just go with a little something here. Where are we at? Okay, I'm not going to... I'm going to carry this through a little bit further to another time. But let's, let's just take this Jews and Gentiles for, you know, you know, as I mentioned already, it was typed in the Bible. David had Gentile warriors. They came to him. Now, that wasn't even the season God was dealing with the Gentiles. But it gave faith somewhere down the road when somebody would read and say, wait a minute, God dealt with these Gentiles. Now, now let's take another example. This is in Matthew chapter 15. I'm skipping a few scriptures here. Sister Ruth, Matthew chapter 15. Now, even when Jesus was on earth, there was those that came to him. There was a centurion who was of the Romans, of the Gentiles. And, and God had a particular way of dealing with the Jews, but he had a different way of dealing with the Gentiles. They responded differently. So this centurion came to Jesus and says, and, 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 he, and he marveled at the faith and how this man dealt, and it was a principle God uses still to this day. But he, he would say, I have a daughter that's sick. He says, I'm a man under authority. I tell people, come, go, come, though. Don't even bother coming to my house. Just speak the word. Now, that is still what we need today. But a lot of times we hang on to, I've got to be touched, I've got to be under a certain ministry, under a certain service, when God wants us just to believe the word. So how are you ever going to jump out of your nest if you stay in, well, I've got to come to this convention, through this prayer line, through this and this. No, you've actually sometimes got to jump out you got to cross the border. You can't stay behind it anymore. So here's in the time of Jesus, Matthew 15. Let's, we'll make this kind of our closing scripture and, and thoughts as we wind down a little bit here. Matthew 15, let's just pick this up from, from verse 21. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coasts of Tyre and Sidon, and behold, a woman of Canaan. So she wasn't a Jew. Now this is the Jewish dispensation. But she wasn't. A woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. Now, what if your son came to you and said, he said, hey, dad, I would respond. But if he would come to me and say, hey, son, I wouldn't respond. In fact, I'd be a little teed off. <laughs> if, if he came to me and said, hey, you know, and, and you can have a certain relationship. But he, my son, would not have claims to me on uh, me as a father, Tim. So this woman, she didn't have claims on Jesus as son of David. And so she came to Jesus this way, O Lord, son of David, my daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. Jesus didn't even answer her. Verse 23, he answered her not a word. Now, yeah, that doesn't move me at all. Now, now just look, at this. Is a, there's a principle. Brother Ram would say it. He, he would actually talk about it. We have to approach God the right way in the season, in the time, and how he does it. And, 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 and we would have to look at, look at it how he, he does things. He says, and he, he, just, he makes a statement. He says, 
God is a spirit. Jesus is the body he was veiled in. Now he says, you have to let your own thinking get out of the way. Because he says, to my wife, I'm her husband. I have a young daughter, Rebecca. I'm her father. I have a grandson. His name is Paul. I'm his grandfather. I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm a grandfather. My wife has no claims on me as father or grandfather. She has claims on me alone as husband. And my daughter has no claims on me as husband or grandfather. She's my child. But yet all these three persons is the same person. That's God, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Those are all just dispensational claims. So we don't come to him with Jewish tradition. We don't come to him with denominational traditions. We come to him as Lord. That's what this woman did, a Gentile. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she cries after us. And listen to the answer. He answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Wow. <laughs> How'd you, hey, the disciples come back. Hey, he said he's not even sent to you. But something was in her. Before God ever started dealing with the Gentiles, he's showing, he's already breaking the border, breaking the type. Before God ever was going to put the power of the spoken word into a people, he was going to send a wave sheaf. Now the sheaf was not the total harvest, but it was a representation that the harvest is coming. And when the prophet comes in this last day and he begins to speak the word, he speaks to a bird, or he speaks to a fish rather, he speaks to a storm, he speaks to his wife's tumor. Listen, that was not the end of the third pole. That was the beginning of what we are moving into. It's a border that God was beginning to transition us. So this woman, now, now look at her, her attitude. I'm not even sent to the last, verse 25. She came and she worshipped him. Lord, help me. Here's an approach, humility. And he answered and he said, it's not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. Now, he identified the children as those of Israel, and he identified her as a dog. Okay, that's it. I've had it. No. The answer, truth, Lord. The dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Now that moved God. And he says, then Jesus answered and said, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee even as thou, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Wow, isn't that wonderful? Are we meant to take this message and just hide behind tapes? Are we meant just to sit in church? That's all part of it. I'm not saying. But it's actually meant that we push out. And I'll say this. As pressures increase, we can't help but by the life that's in us to push out. I, I, I'm raised up for this very hour. I'm raised up for this very purpose. There's young people here that are raised up for this hour. It's not an accident that you're sitting in this church. It's not an accident that you're hearing the message. It's not an accident, Brother John, that God has called you in this hour. It's not an accident that Brother Max is here. It's not an accident that there's other young people here. Not just ministers. I'm talking right down to us. It's not an accident. And you can come and you can put the word of God, the word of promise on your lips and you can pray and you can begin to take God at his word and receive the promises associated. Are, are, you, are you with me? Do you want to move a little higher? I want to move higher. Listen, it's right at 9 o'clock. Let's have the musicians come. I just wanted to take this. I'm, I'm trying to move to a few things, but this will do for today. Do you appreciate God? He is the eternal one. He is forever. 
He always was, he always will be. But he dropped out of a little space of time, and he dropped into, uh, into earth and Adam and Eve, and then he showed himself in Abraham, and he showed himself in Moses, and he's built all of that. Now he's coming down in this last age to a bride, and he's always moving, and it's going to take us to move with him. Amen. Let's stand together. Uh, when Jacob met the Lord on that, can we sing that? When Jacob, Jacob met, met the Lord, Lord upon that lonely night and wrestled there alone until the morning light, he won a princely title to gird him for the ride. I want that kind a blessing. Oh, I want, I want that kind of blessing that sings in peace and satisfies my soul. I want, I want that full salvation till the billows of heaven o'er me I want, yes I want. 